right here on Goyard and we are glad you're joining us tonight for this amazing show because it is going to be isn't it doctor oh yes it is we're excited about this topic we've got a new topic if you've been listening to Goyard we just finished a series on unpacking from your guilt trip which was really good it was a great series and it's here on the podcast here at tantalk1340.com if you missed any of the last couple and all of our shows that we've done from the middle of september through june are on our website goyard2014.org go there check them out listen to them and you'll learn a lot i've heard people say this is free counseling dr angel is that what we're doing that's exactly what we're doing (laughs) life coaching and all of that and dr angel falzoni is our resident expert phd licensed mental health counselor actively uh working in the system with different therapists that report to you and on the job work every day you're doing what we're talking about aren't you yes ma'am <laughs> all right yes ma'am oh, that's cute <laughs> Ah, that's great. All right. Engineer Chris is up to his crazy tricks as always. New topic tonight, doctor. Oh, I'm always excited when we have a new topic. Positive parenting. Woo, that's a big Better one. Better than negative parenting. Well, that's true. We were talking about this kind of brainstorming about, and our kids out in the summertime, it's it's a great time for maybe parents to get some ideas, and and uh, especially from someone who counsels parents all, every day, as you do. And um, so we've got some really good ideas tonight. I think it's going to help our audience quite a bit. True. And, you know, we hit almost that midsummer mark, you know, when parents are probably at the point where they're starting to pull their hair out a little bit and realizing spending so much time with their little ones is a little more challenging than they had remembered it from last summer. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And uh, all the things that go along with kids home all week, all all summer, etc. So it's going to be fun. And, you know, we were talking earlier. It's kind of cool that you have three teenage sons currently. Yes. My kids are grown, but I have teenage grandkids, and one of them, my grandson Levi, is right here in the station tonight. And uh, actually, I have nine. Can you believe that, Chris? Nine what? grandkids. How do you keep track of birthdays? I know. Six boys, three girls. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, I, I yeah. Pretty crazy. Well, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we we are parents, and grand, and I'm a grandparent, and you are not, Dr. Angel. You're way too young for that. So we have some experience, firsthand things that we've done probably as mistakes, yes. things that we've learned from, and things that we want to help our audience kind of grow from. 
That's exactly the plan. That's the plan. And we want you to weigh in during this show if you want to. We have found out that a lot of people don't like to call in. They like to text. Our text number is 727-888-4171. Grab a pen. I'm going to give it to you again. It works 24-7-365. So if you are listening to this show on Starcom Media Network at a later date, and there's a lot of times these shows are played on Starcom Media, uh, you can still text us because it'll come straight to my phone and we will get an answer to you or get your comment on the air. 24-7-365. The number is 727-888-4171. Chris, our engineer, and so handsome, is in <laughs> the control room, and he is willing to answer the phone and patch him you through to us if you have a question or comment during this show, and it airs live 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Thursday night, Tantalk1340.com, and the phone number is 727-441-3000. One more time, 727-441-3000. Dr. Angel, let's get going. So feel free to call us or text us during the show. Woo! That's a mouthful. That's crazy. What's it mean to parent kids? Talk to us about that. Parenting. Parenting. It's a job. It is a job. It really is a job. It's a good job. You know, and there's really no single definition or one correct method of parenting. That's right. You know, and I think this throws a lot of people off. Okay. Because they, they, they need a formula. Right. They need one plus one to equal two across the board. But it doesn't and work parenting that. doesn't work that way. And so it's frustrating at times. But isn't that because every kid is different in their own way? I mean, seriously, they may be twins, and I have two granddaughters that are identical twins. But I'll tell you what, they, even though they look alike, and when they're side by side, you can tell them apart. If they're separate, you can't. But their behavior is different. They have different personalities, and and Aaliyah is very different than Briley, and then they've got their own little personality things, which I find fascinating. They're, everybody's different. Everybody is different, and everyone needs different things at certain levels, and everyone responds differently. Right. So parenting isn't a formula. Okay. So I need to set people free because, you know, one of the biggest selling books are these parenting books out there. You know, we had Dr. Spock, you know, had his book. There's a lot of parenting methods and a lot of them have great ideas, but there's not one single method that's going to work across the board for every kid. All right. So you can get some good ideas from these shows we're going to do on positive parenting, but it doesn't mean that we have all the answers. We're not the be all and end all of all the, but we have some great ideas. So stay tuned because this is going to be fun. Is this one of the hardest jobs anybody will ever have to be a parent? Oh, I think it's one of the toughest jobs that you can have. It's Why? Tough because there is, it's not a formula. It's yeah. on-the-job learning. You learn as you go. You make your mistakes, and you learn how to not do that, and you learn what's working and what's not, and it's tough. You know, I've said for years, my three children, Ryan, Lori, and Mark, all came from the same two parents. But not only do they all totally look different from each other, but they also, personality-wise, strengths and and weaknesses and all that, they are so different. Uh, Most people around them can't tell that they are siblings. And Do you feel that way about your sons? My boys are totally different, all three of them. And the way I parent all three of them is different. Now, that's a good point. 
Why do you do that? Why don't you just have a blanket way to handle every situation? Because a blanket way won't work with all three. One child will respond to another one type of parenting. Another one responds to another. And the other one responds to a different. Okay. So each child has its own method that we, right. I use to parent that child. Good point. Um, that works for that child's personality and the right. way they interpret their environment. So, and then that's frustrating for parents. Yeah, because again, parents want it, want it, you know, black and white. Let's always do it this way, and we always handle each situation. But it does depend on the child. Doesn't it really it? does, and so a lot of people just feel really unprepared when it comes to parenting. Well, you hear people jokingly say this child did not come with a manual, a uh, uh, handbook on how to raise them, and that's true. They really, they really don't. Even though you can read, be prepared. And so many people do that before their first kid. I did. I did. But after the second one came and the third one came and all in the space of four years, I quit reading that stuff and just learned to parent, you know? True. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, as a clinician, parent, you know, parents will start running into trouble with the kids and their behavior is not what they want or they're throwing tantrums and they're 12 now or things right. aren't working right. And the parents will bring them in for therapy and they're like, just fix my kid. Right. Fix my kid. And I'm like, no, this is a family thing. Yes. This isn't just yes. this one child's problem. Right. And so we have to back it up and get the parents involved because parenting is not, 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 not a spectator sport. Whoa, boy, that's, <laughs> wait a minute. Whoa, where's my bell? Chris, where's our bell? We got to have that. Say that one more time. Parenting is not a spectator sport. There you go. <laughs> and that's so true. You got to be involved. And so often, doctor, at least in generations past, it was the mother who did all the parenting, really, for the most part. The father was the bread earner or the, yeah, breadwinner, whatever. Back years ago, I'm talking about, not currently. But, and, and, you know, now it's more of a balancing act, isn't it, between parents? True. Or should be. And it should be. And if we, and if you have, the privilege of having two parents raising a child together in the same home that that's ideal but it doesn't happen but every it doesn't day. happen every in day. our society not much at all actually and you know what you can still successfully and positively parent even right. if you're a single parent absolutely and parenting is one of the most fulfilling things you'll ever do right oh absolutely you know i know there's a lot of people in this world who haven't had children for one reason or another but i can tell you one of my greatest blessings in life is having my three children and now nine grandchildren it it is just one of the biggest blessings that I have. Well, know? if you look at it, you know, it's a legacy that we leave. Yes. Yes. You know, and so it is. And it's it's not a spectator sport. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. Okay. You know, kids aren't just What do you gonna, mean by that? Well, it doesn't happen without the parents' involvement. Right. Kids aren't just going to get it right or figure it out or should know what to do. And a lot of parents just expect that this should be innate and born right. in these kids. It's not. Right. Respect and accountability and mm -hmm. all those things have to be taught, don't they? has to be taught you know so successful parenting it involves your time it's going to involve your effort it's going to involve your finances determination patience perseverance and hard work hard work and i think a lot of people don't want to invest that they maybe they've just grown up maybe a lot of parents have grown up in a home where they weren't parented very much so they think that's the way to handle it. Dad, just let him figure it out on his own type attitude. True. A lot of people parent the way they were parented. Exactly. That's my point. It's very common. <laughs> yes. So it's on the job training. So just as parenting changes from child to child, parenting changes from generation to generation. It does. Needs are different. Culture's different. Yes. Society's different. Right. 
And so we need to get in there and be willing to invest this time, energy, effort, finances, and with our children. And I've noticed as a grandparent, and I've heard people say this through the years, that it's so much fun being a grandparent because you can send them home. But, you know, really, there's truth in that. I love my grandkids so very much. And just like having Levi here with me, it's so much fun to spend one-on-one time or two two of them at a time you know that's just getting to know them as a grandparent so there's grandparents out there listening to us tonight too and i think some of this stuff will help them also oh i think so too and the grandparent role is different from the parent it is role. very much but, so you know what's happening all too often especially in our culture today is that the grandparents are being forced to take on the parenting role that's the right. parents are absent for whatever reason right and so that's causing a lot of issues as well it is yes because that's really not the role of the grandparent no and they're having to fill shoes that they're mm-hmm. not prepared to fill and so boy it can be hard because children have some core needs don't they oh they do have some core needs and right in the center and the heart of it is safety and security and I think that's our... Okay, whoa, back up. <laughs> Say those slow because it's time to ring the bell again. What are the core needs of each child? The core needs are safety and security. Safety and security. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> you there know, that's you our go. core emotional human need. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if the child's newborn, a teenager, a child, an adult. Those right. are core needs. We need to feel safe and secure. Absolutely. And so the core needs is that that should be the heart focus when we're parenting is making sure that we are helping this our children to feel safe and secure okay yeah good in point. all stages of parenting um from infancy all the way through the school years to transitioning adults to adulthood and sometimes it's difficult when parents are having marital issues or they end up divorced or separated um and they've got to keep the children in mind during those times in particular because of that feeling of security and safety right oh absolutely which can be very challenging as you know parents start having you know their own negative feelings and their own hurts and they kind of become more within their own needs right to not be thinking of what this child needs during the middle of all this chaos going on and it's not necessarily an awful thing to go through divorce sometimes that is the best thing ultimately for the situation so we're not sitting here in condemnation or judgment of people who go through divorce i've been through divorce so have you true so okay so you know that's but there's ways to work around and help your children adjust to the changes correct and making sure that we're helping them to feel safe and secure no matter what the changes are that are occurring safe and secure safe and secure safety okay. and security so aspects of what do i mean when i say safe and secure talk to us well predictability is part of the core predictability and okay. that's the ability to know what's going to be happening now we All don't right. always know from moment to moment life is kind of live as we go sometimes but what i'm meaning is that concepts if they don't occur consistently they impact a developing child so what happens is you start seeing acting out behaviors right we'll start seeing anxiety learning disabilities all kinds of things can rumble when we're not having some kind of predictable environment meaning i know that i'm going to get fed every day i know that i'm gonna have clean clothes to wear every day i know that you know but sadly, doctor, realistically, there are tons and tons of people uh, in this world who don't provide that for their children. True. They, and- I mean, third world countries, of course, but even right here in the United States, it's it's something that you see in your practice. I've seen for years with people that I know 
that it's very hard sometimes for a child to know that that parent is going to act predictably, if you know what I'm saying. True. Absolutely. And that's where we'll get children who start having behavior problems, excessive tantrums. These are these are what happens. This is how they deal with unpredictability. Okay. So when you're seeing your kid, you know, starting acting, I call it acting a fool, but when they're acting up, throwing those tantrums, having those meltdowns that you're like, how did this happen? What's going on? Fix my kid. Or we need to back up. What's going on? Is this a predictable environment? Is this right. a safe environment? Do they right. feel secure? Do they know their needs are going to be met? And needs and wants are two different things. Okay. That's so, a good point. Very good point. Let's talk about physical needs because that's what we need to live. We need food, housing, clothing. Those are important needs. Now, I'm not saying your kid needs the Hollister new style. Right. But they do need to have clean clothes. I'm sure. not saying we're making gourmet meals. I'm saying, but we need to, they need to know they're going to eat every day. Right. Do you know how many kids out there they don't know? They don't even know that. Oh, I know it. In fact, I um, my my best friend's a school teacher, and she, you know, she'll say you'll start to see the kids by the end of the week they start acting up. You'll see the behaviors getting worse and worse because they don't know if they're going to be fed over the weekend. Wow. So schools now started sending home weekend packs of foods with kids that. I heard about that the Mm -hmm. other day on the news, and they said that that is becoming a necessity now in some areas. It is. And so, and I get it. You know, some families don't have the economic means, but parents need to make the effort to find the programs, to find the help. They are out there. It's out there. There's so many um, assistants. There's food banks. There's, you know, all kinds of things that we we need to make sure our kids are eating every day. Absolutely. They have clean clothes. They don't have to be the best. They can be hand-me-downs. They can come from thrift stores. They're clothes. Right. Um, That's important because physical needs have to be met before we can even start going for the emotional needs and psychological needs and when we don't meet those physical needs you'll start seeing the behavioral and the emotional and the psychological that's really i'm glad you're bringing this up because that's really the core then of the child needing to feel like they're presentable when they go to school or they have lunch money or they have assistance for lunch or whatever it takes but that they're going to eat and all that I, I like you bringing all that in because, you know, so often when we think of parenting, we're just thinking about behaviors. True. We're not really talking about the basic needs of a child. True. And these basic needs are at the heart of feeling safe because if I don't know when I'm going to get to eat next, right. I'm not going to feel very safe. I'm going to start feeling anxious. I'm right. going to start acting out because I don't know how to deal with that. Exactly. I mean, if you look at a brand new baby, what do we do? They cry, we feed it. They cry, we change its diaper. What are we doing? We're meeting those physical needs. That's right. So they need to learn, a child needs to know that his or her parent or caregiver is going to meet those most basic needs. Right. Wow. Okay. Excellent. Like that. All right. Um, so when, peop- when parents get inconsistent with the, the meeting of those basic needs, I mean, here again, there again, you know, not necessarily consistent. Um, uh, sadly, the, the consistent thing about some parents is their inconsistency. Oh, absolutely true. I mean, you know, that's a bell ringer. <laughs> the consistent thing about some parents is their inconsistency. You can kind of bank on the fact they're not going to be consistent. And that's in itself, doctor, very sad and very disconcerting, don't you think? Well, it is because that child won't feel safe and secure. Right. Right. That consistency is... Part so of important feeling safe and secure so it's the parents responsibility to help get those needs met and to find out what resources are available and so many parents step back and 
just wait for it to fall on their lap and it's not going to happen. Right. In the meantime, your your child isn't able to develop and grow and foster emotionally or physically the way that he or she should. So you see, Dr. Angel, in your practice and in a, a real correlation between behavioral issues when kids do not feel safe and secure. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. It's the heart of it. Because if we think about development on a child, as adults, we have higher order thinking. We can think in abstract cause and effect. We get that. Kids don't have that ability to process. In fact, um, they don't actually fully develop the full part of their um, brain until they're 24 years old. Uh, oh, I heard that recently. Uh, yes, I. that's an interesting statistic. And it is, and it's true. And what do you mean by that? Because I have some uh, teenage uh, grandchildren that are pretty close to getting to turn 20 soon, and yet at that age they think they're just adults and they're fine they turned 18 everything's cool i can do all this and but they're missing that the prefrontal prefrontal cortex part which is that cause and effect that they're missing that full development which means they're more um able they'll make more impulsive decisions not really thinking about the consequence put themselves in more dangerous places that we would not do because we can see that this is dangerous and we have the danger flag they're not it's not fully developed. Wow. And so it develops more in the early 20s. That's so what you're saying. So it completely develops, till, goes through development, goes through till age 24. So kids, kids, we're talking about little kids now, they don't have this cause and effect and this abstract thinking. Okay. So what, how, do they gonna, how are they going to let anybody know something's going on or they're, something, they're feeling something's wrong? Behaviors. Right. The emotional regulation is dysregulated. Right. Number one. Okay. The tantrums, the cries, the meltdown, uh, the feeling extra clingy. Um, you'll see attachment issues. You'll see learning disabilities can wow. start developing. Wow. Wow. Anxiety, high anxiety. I see a lot of kids with anxiety, and it's that safety and security mechanism that's missing. Oh, we got so much more to talk about. Oh, and this our, is getting really clinical. It's very good, though. No, I believe there's people out there going, this is good stuff. And we want to hear from you. If you would like to weigh in, you can call 727-441-3000. You can text my phone, 727-888-4171 at any time, 247-365. Let's take a little break and see what engineer Chris has in store for music. Came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away, and he was talking for I knew it. And as he grew, he'd say, I'm gonna be like you, Dad. You know I'm gonna be like you. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is Megan, an independent ambassador for Plexus, the pink drink. There is finally a healthy solution to help you lose weight. 
It's a most natural product that will burn fat, not muscle. People around the country are experiencing amazing results, and you can too. Check out my Independent Ambassador website for my contact info, testimonials, and product information at mkramer, K-R-A-M-E-R, dot myplexus, P-L-E-X-U-S, products, dot com. Is it time to consider a new pool enclosure or beautiful screen room for your family's enjoyment? Family owned and operated, Boils Aluminum is the place to call for timely installation of all types of seamless guttering and screen enclosures. Boils Aluminum is A-rated on Angie's list and with the Better Business Bureau. Check out their website at boilsaluminum.com or call today for a free estimate at 727-504-9354. Mention this ad for a discount on your project. Boils Aluminum, treating you like family with honest and reliable service. From the Sunshine State, this is Tampa Bay's Tan Talk. Understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes. So to you other kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. I love that. (laughs) All right, Will Smith. Parents just don't understand. Dr. Angel, I'm Mama Mac, and Dr. Angel with me here for Positive Parenting Part 1. Because we know we're not going to get through everything we want to talk about tonight. Well, if you just joined us, you can weigh in during the show. 727-888-4171 is our text number, or you can call Engineer Chris will answer the phone and patch you through to us, 727-441-3000. If you have a question or a comment, here we go. We were just talking about kids need to feel safe and feel secure in their environment and how important that is. And it's not just safe from intruders or whatever, but it's also safe from, you know, fights and verbal abuse and things that happen in a lot of homes dr angel absolutely and part of that is at all times and i don't use all very much no you don't i do not but at all times children should feel safe in their home safe from verbal attacks safe from violence safe from danger wow so house rules should have safety at its core everyone should have the right to feel safe and so many kids that are growing up across this nation and around the world do not feel that safety factor which is why we see so much yes behavioral Act- issues going yes. on and acting all, out acting out yes because they don't feel safe and they never know what's going to happen and the inconsistency probably drives them crazy a little bit well it makes them anxious <laughs> it makes them anxious okay it doesn't drive them crazy <laughs> Um, okay, everyone should have that right then. That's what you're saying, to everyone feel safe. Everyone should have that right to feel safe. Okay, and that's that's their physical safety. What about emotionally? That's op- that's included in that it's safety. Included. So that's the, you know, the verbal attacks. They're, you know, they should feel safe. Okay. Physically, emotionally, security-wise, and every way that we can help them feel safe. Exactly. That we can help control in our homes. Okay, so one of the goals as a parent from that you would say from your parenting and me from mine is that we want these kids to grow up and be healthy adults. Well, that, you know, and that's just it. That's know? it, isn't it? That's it. We want them to be able to handle life and not let life drive them to drugs or alcohol or anything else. We want them to be able to handle situations in life. 
And that's one of the main goals of parenting. You know, we're parenting to have healthy adults that contribute to society and, and live a happy, healthy life right. independently as adults. And be good parents themselves. And good people. <laughs> so as parents, we need to model good behavior, right? Oh, absolutely. So not just talk about it. I no. and don't don't you know a lot of people say and I've heard I've heard people say this. Do as I say, not as I do. They do. Which is wrong. No, because people learn from what we do, not what we say. Exactly. Because they don't listen that much, do they? They don't hear your words as much, but they absolutely hear your actions. Okay. And so that's something we need to really watch. And, and when we're displaying those actions, we need to make sure we're meeting in that safety and security the emotional needs of our child. Okay. You know, quality time, eye contact. Eye contact? Eye contact. That's important. Quality time, I think, is easy. I mean, or you, well, maybe you need to... And we'll you know, amplify on is, that. And it, now I say quality, not quantity. Okay. Quality time means we're, we're not distracted. We're not in the middle of cooking dinner. We're not on the cell phone or we're not on Facebook. We put those things to the side and we spend quality time with our child. Wow. Do you know how many people need to hear that right now, doctor? I hear you. And you know what happens? Especially with Facebook and everything, social media now. Well, and a lot of times parent, parents are using TVs to be to babysit their kids. That's right. Because we're busy. Right. And so I'm not talking about the amount of time. If you give a child 15 minutes of quality time, which really in the course of a day is not that much. Right. You're really feeding that emotional need that they have. Right. And so the eye contact, why is that yeah, important? Yeah, eye why contact, is that important, doctor? It, it gives the burst of serotonin to our brain. It gives a burst of serotonin. And your so brain. you're talking about a chemical thing that happens when people reaction. make eye contact like mm -hmm. you and I are right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't I never knew that. Absolutely. That's news to me. And serotonin. that's important because that that's gonna help with emotional regulation. Okay. So in other words, if people, if kids are ignored, nobody looks at them, but they scream at them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause I've, I've known a lot of people like this in my day that the way they parent is just to see how loud, how many decibels up they can go in the screaming, you know, you but know what I'm saying? I hear you. And I know what you're saying. So what they're creating is anxiety in their kids, but they're right. also teaching their kids that we communicate only when we scream. Right. Not effective. That's very sad. It's sad. Because it's actually effective. parents need to be able to just talk in a normal voice. Well, actually, you know, when our, ch when our child is dysregulated, we actually even need to come lower. Dysregulated. Would you define that for some of our listeners? When, dysregulated. When they're having, you know, their emotional meltdowns or their right. tantrums or whatever that looks like. When their emotions are going awry. As a parent, we need to bring it lower because they're going to come voice. to where we are. So if we're screaming, guess what way they're going to do? They have to one-up us. Right. And then we're going to have to one-up them. And we're just creating more dysregulation. So as a parent, we need to be the core to help them regulate, which means we come lower. Okay. And calmer and slower. Um, and so... Eye contact. Eye contact. It's important. So... We definitely need emotional needs. And kids throughout every stage has these, these needs. You know, it's easy to spend the time with the little ones, but it's not so easy to spend it with the teenagers. Well, you know, because of the cell phones in particular, I think, and Levi and I this week have discussed this a little bit. And, and I understand that they have, they're doing a lot of things on their phones, you know, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook sometimes, but in particular, those two, they're doing all this stuff 
and they're having fun doing that and that's good it's cute it's fun it's entertaining but as the parent the parent or the grandparent if they want a meaningful conversation, they have to be the one that initiates it a lot of times because the child's not going to do it, doctor. No, they're not. You're right. That's a great point you bring up because a lot of parents are waiting for the kid to take responsibility. Well, if they need me, they'll let me know. No, oh, they won't. No, no. And they do need you. Yes. So right. I'm letting you know right now they need you. Right. So no more excuse. Right. And you have to, to be the adult and take that initiative. And, and limit the amount of time that maybe limit or at least make sure that you have quality time with your child or your grandchild and in quality like in our house we have a rule that no cell phones to the dinner table i love that we eat maybe 30 minutes we are sitting at the table eating dinner and as you a sit family. at the table don't you yes. we have made this point on this show many times and i love that about you and your children because you don't let them get by with eating on the run or Mm-mm. eating at the sofa watching tv or playing video games you do not allow that do you doctor? no i do not we eat at the table as a family and that 30 minutes is a great time for us to have quality time together exactly and so it doesn't have to be this big thing that we're like oh my gosh my day is so full i can't do this you can do this yes we have the time we just have to do some things we do a little different and that means even i don't bring my cell phone to the table right right and so we all just leave them in our room. And, you know, it's funny. I had one of my, my middle one decide to test me on that and wanted to finish his text while he was coming to the dinner table. And then I hand out, held out my hand and said, thank you. That's mine for the week. <laughs> <laughs> he never brought it back. <laughs> Doctor, you're, you're something else. But, you know, it's sending a message to them, Dr. Angel, that, you value the time with them over a meal. A meal is a social activity. Uh, what do people do when they go on a date? They generally go out to eat, you know, because there's that communication across the table, looking at each other in the eye, that type of thing. So when you say child, children, when you come to the table, no cell phones, you're sending a message to them. I value my time with you. And I value you. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah, I'm valuing them. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to find out about your day. Exactly. I'm getting in their world. You're getting into their world. Absolutely. And we're meeting emotional needs in the 30 minutes that we eat dinner. So what about the kid that says, no, I'm not going to go along with that. I want my phone at at the table. What do you do with that? Well, I tell you, you're the parent, and the parent needs to act like a parent. Right. And and deal with it as a parent should. Which yeah. means I pay, I say. That's how it rolls in my house. I pay, I say. <laughs> because they will bucket, and it's not, and anytime there's a change like that, you know, it kids will their natural reaction is the buck that change. It's not they they need it, but they don't realize they need it. That's why you're the parent and they're the kid. Absolutely, you're helping them to Years, get their needs met. Absolutely. Years ago, when I mine were teenagers, and they were you know three and four years, so real close together. Uh, my oldest son bought me a key ring once and it said, cause I'm the mom. That's why, which I said that a lot that the reason we're doing this is cause I, this is the way I feel like we need to do it. I'm the mom. And there's nothing wrong with that. Is there? No. And we, they don't know what's best for them. If they did, we wouldn't, they wouldn't need to be children. <laughs> and they would just, they would just, you know, be able to fly the coop and they, they don't, they need reared. Right. And they need taught. And but so do animals, babies. I mean, you see it in the wild. You see, 
you know, the, the mother uh, bear who, who trains the cubs, etc. correct? Absolutely, and it happens in nature, and it definitely needs to happen with our children. It does. That's a really good point. Okay, um, ooh, how about house rules? Should there be any? Well, of course there should be some house rules. <laughs> Why? How about the kid that says, I like my house. There's no rules. I can do what I want when I want. Well, here's the thing. We need to have clearly defined expectations because that's part of safety and security. If I know what's expected of me, I can predict my environment. Oh, there you go. You're feeling the, sa- the security if I'm you feeling know what's more predictable. Secure. So having house rules or expectations, you know, rules can be a negative term. An expectation is another term for what I like we're that expected. expectation. We're expecting that everyone should have the right to feel safe in our house. Okay. We're expecting that everyone should be respected, that we should use kind words when we're talking, you know, just general things of what I'm expecting and age and development appropriate. Sure. Just because your child's nine or 10 does not mean they're emotionally nine or 10. Right. Um, a lot of clients that come in, we actually have to cut their chronological age in half and that's where they're emotionally at. Wow. So when a child hasn't felt safe and secure, it really hampers development. And it's, it continues to be a struggle that they'll take through adulthood. Okay. And their relationship. So it's important. So rules, house rules or expectations are not a bad thing. They're necessary. Audience, they are necessary. Why, Dr. Angel, PhD, licensed mental health counselor, are they so important to have expectations in the house? When a child knows his or her expectations, they know what to expect of them and they can predict their environment. I know my environment's safe. When, my, when the rules are changing by the minute, if I do this right now, it might be okay. But if I did it tomorrow, I might get screamed and yelled at for it. That doesn't feel safe. I don't know what to do. Good point. Real good point. And so okay. as, as a parent, we need to be careful about making sure that we are setting some clearly defined expectations. And no matter how old the kids is, I remember when my little ones were, I had two of them back to back. They're a year apart. So when they right. were like two and three, going to the grocery store was not usually a fun event. That would happen. Right. They're two and three. On the way to the grocery store in the car, we're talking about, okay, we're going to sit in the cart. We're going to keep our hands and feet to ourselves, And we're, I'm talking about the expectations of the trip right. on the way to the trip. Exactly. And when it didn't happen, they knew that we would leave the store and we would go home and there would be a consequence for that. Consequences. What a big word. <laughs> Very important word because a lot of parents... And I've watched this through the years with friends and family and whatever. A lot of parents scream and holler and threaten, but they don't follow through. We call that empty threats. And empty threats are useless. You're te- empty you're te- threats. You're teaching okay. your kid you're a liar Ooh. and you're not safe. Oh, ooh. How Gosh. can I feel safe and secure if you're telling me one thing and you're not doing it? Whoa, that is so profound. That's right on. I mean, empty threats are not good, and it needs to be a a, a thing that's corrected, right? But if you think about it, when do parents usually make empty threats? When the kids are misbehaving. When they're overwhelmed. And yes, when they're stressed out. So when I can sit back and I'm not stressed and everything's okay, and I can sit down and make my expectations, as a family, we can make it together, depending on the ages of your kids. Sure. And then we can make clearly defined consequences. In my house, it's not, I'm so upset that you had that behavior. It's like, I'm sorry you made that choice. I'll take your phone this week. And I'm not, <laughs> my voice it. doesn't get raised. I'm not angry. I love it. My blood pressure didn't go up any. There's, there's no screaming and yelling. I, sometimes I just can simply hold out my hand. 
They know what it means. <laughs> and y- your boys are are bigger. They're big guys. They're football players. They're all st- bigger than me. <laughs> yeah, they, they are. They're they're handsome, wonderful young men. I just love being with them, spending time with them. But it's interesting when I watch you interacting with them at our parties and picnics and things that we do. It, you, they have a tremendous respect for you, Doctor. Your boys love you, respect you, and I can see it. And I've had other people comment to me about the way they treat you. Oh, I appreciate that. I mean, seriously. So what you're saying, it it bears fruit. You are living what you're talking. This is not just something you got out of a textbook. This is how you live. It is. And and a part of that is because I I stay as consistent as I can. They know their needs are going to be met. Their needs, not their wants necessarily, but their needs are met. They know I'm going to invest time in them. They know we have clearly defined expectations and there are consequences. And when we have to use them, I we do. So do you you have family meetings? Oh, yes, we do. Usually every Sunday night we have a, a family meeting and we kind of sit down for okay. 30 minutes and just kind of talk about what's going on. If there's a problem, we'll try to address it. Okay. I mean, I have teenagers. I have one that he we call him Mouth for a reason because he, he likes to try to mouth back a little bit. Right. And we nickname him Mouth, and we'll talk about, you know what, this week we're working on talking with kindness and not raising oh, our voice. Oh, this is great. This is great. He's 17. I might yeah. sound like a dork talking to him, but you know what? We're addressing it as we go. That's fantastic. That is just wonderful. So you also, during these meetings and different times, establish the consequences, correct? We do. So they know if if they choose a choice, and I always give them their choice. It's their choice. I'm sorry you made that choice. <laughs> Love that. But it That's was a your great choice. Way to, to, it puts the responsibility where it belongs. Well, on them. Because on them. One of the things I find a lot of parents doing is that they personalize it. I can't believe he would do that to me after everything I do for him. Oh, my gosh, doctor. I'm glad you brought that up. Because I have heard that for years from friends and family and whatever, and and it, they take it as they become a victim. They do to the the child's behavior when that's not the way to handle the problem. It's not personal. The kids are growing. It's a journey they have to figure out too. So they're going to make good choices. They're going to make not good choices. But right. guess what? It's their choice. Right. So I'm going to give them that responsibility right back. Really, not a great choice you made. I'm sorry you made that. I'll take the keys of the truck. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's it, and it's that simple. And but what I notice with you and knowing you, the number of years I have, you don't get a bunch of back talk. No. Why not? Because I think some of our listeners are going, "How do you keep from getting back talk?" Because that was a problem when my kids were teenagers. I know what that's like and how that feels as a mother to be dissed or talked back to or put down or screamed at or whatever. It's not pleasant. It doesn't feel good for some of these parents. I think part of it fathers and mothers. Well, I think part of it was I started this parenting the kids in this style since they were born. Okay. So it was all about their choices. When they were two, it was their choice. They can you can choose, you know, to throw that tantrum or we can choose to go sit and watch Dora. But you have a choice to make. And I've always put that choice on them. Okay. And I've tried to stay very consistent. I I like that a lot. I don't use empty threats ever. Okay. If I say it, I'm going to do it. And I've set a punishment before, and they pushed my line, and they had to take it. And it broke my heart to follow through, but I, f- I followed through. So what about the little four-year-old, six-year-old, whatever, that you've given the choice to, and they refuse to comply? Like, come on, it's time. Put your shoes on. We have to leave right now within mm-hmm. the next couple minutes. Let's go. 
and they just dilly dally they go play they whatever well that happens i mean it I, happens it a happens. lot it in does. that age group it does think? and then there there's a consequence that comes with that for depending on what's going on why i needed them to have their shoes on there would be a consequence it's developmentally and age appropriate but also appropriate for the infraction there you go and don't be threatening mm-hmm. I, you're, when your dad comes home there's going to be five w- please never use that when your dad comes home yeah that is awful and really why is that awful doctor <laughs> why is well, that you're awful? setting the other parent up first of all to be the bad guy but this isn't has anything to do with when dad comes home this happened between me and you and i need to be able to deal with it between me and you but so many mothers it seems like from my personal experience with people are weak when it comes to that and so they have resorted to that threat and then it's really not fair to dad when he walks no, in the door not. that he now has to go take care of situations that he didn't even see what happened or how it developed and that he wasn't involved in and he wasn't involved so in. here he has limited time because he's out at work all the day and right. now he's got to come home and and do a consequence for something he was not a part of it's not fair for dad it's not fair for the child it's not fair for the mother no it's the not. mom has to be because what will happen is the children will learn that well the dad thing will only work so long, and then we'll learn to respect dad, but we, we won't have as much respect for mom because she's not willing to deal with it. Right. And so that's what's happening. You are, you know, um, what's the word? You're, you're letting go of your authority. You're right. Uh, abdicating? Uh, abdicating? You're, getting, you're giving your power yeah, away. Yeah, you're giving your power. Oh, oh, there you are on your theme, your power <laughs> theme. But you give your power away when you say, your, dad will t- your dad's going to beat your butt when he comes home and all that kind of stuff that True. happens. But we need to be able to teach our kids how to resolve conflict by how we resolve the conflicts that we have with them. Right. And if I'm giving someone else the job to resolve my conflict, that's not fair to anybody. No. Wow. This is good stuff. We haven't had any call-ins or texts tonight. This is very interesting. But you know what? This is a heavy subject, and probably people are digesting this because there's a lot here that we've been talking about that's serious business, and people need to listen and really consequences we're not done with that talk talk about it one of the things i want to really put out with the safety and security is that on top of having the defined expectations and defined consequences is that we have defined family roles so often i see um, children taking on the adult family roles they're the ones responsible for caregiving younger children making meals reminding parents of their to wake up or do their we need so to have wrong. family so roles wrong. that are clearly defined and yes. children need to be in the children role and parents need, need to be, to be in, the in the parent role. role. Exactly. And one thing I find with single parents, male or female, it doesn't matter. Sometimes they will almost partnerify their oldest child to be their adult, almost partner, not in any kind of sexual way. That's not what I'm meaning, but in a relational way. Yeah. That's who they hang out with. Which is very harmful. Mm -hmm. Right. They're telling them all their secrets or all their struggles and their stresses. They're talking about their girlfriend or whoever, and that's not appropriate. And they're hurting their kids, and they're not allowing them to grow and develop emotionally. Right. Wow. That's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. And that happens a lot in single-parent families, I think. Or even dual-parent families when the relationship isn't really great and somebody needs to to feel like they have someone on their side. Right. You know, they need that person to partner up with them while well, sometimes they will choose a child and that's not helpful okay very good so clearly defined roles within the family structure 
Wow. So parents are really, the goal is to help the kid become a wonderful adult and a wonderful parent someday, don't you think? Absolutely, that's the goal. And when we think about it, the goal starts the day that child's put in your arms. Yes, wow. And that responsibility is awesome. It is. And it's, there's nothing like it looking down on that face and knowing this child is yours. I, I remember that to this day when my first son was born and every child from there, that point on. I just remember that feeling of awesome responsibility and love like there's nothing like that. There's just, it's just wonderful. It's an amazing experience. It's a privilege. It really is a privilege. And, you know, that's what we need to get parents to recognize. Parenting is a privilege. Our children aren't our property. We don't own them. You know, they they don't belong to me. Right. Their job is not to fulfill my unrealized dreams. Oh, my doctor. And so many parents have not finished this or that, something they wanted to do, college or a career goal or whatever. Or a sport. A sport. And so they get, this happens in sports a lot. It does. And then the parent tries to get the child to do what he or she never got to finish so and accomplish. Then, and then the child's not allowed to grow and develop in his or her own way, accomplishing and doing whatever it is he or she, his life purpose is. Sometimes kids are not going to be athletic. And there's nothing wrong with that, parents. We need to accept them. Maybe they're artistic. And maybe maybe they don't enjoy sports or whatever. It's okay that you let them be who they are. Is that what I hear you saying? True. So we need to learn to enjoy our children and to nurture and support them. Okay. Um, and not let create them into being what we want them to be. You know, let them be. You know, let them be whatever they are to become. It's it's their journey too. It's our journey of parenthood and adulthood, but it's their journey of starting their life. Right. And that's really something that's hard for a lot of parents to get a handle on. Don't you think as far as allowing the child to make mistakes, have consequences for their behavior? I want to circle back to that point because we're about done with the show today. But I, I want to go back to the consequences because so many parents feel bad. Oh, he didn't mean to do that or... You know, I'm not going to take his phone away, even though I said I was going to, because I can't imagine life with him without his phone. You know what I mean? Well, true. And sometimes we don't enforce consequences because as a parent, it, it's punishment to us. Yeah, it, exactly. And we right. don't, don't want to be inconvenienced. But parenting is not convenient. It, <laughs> exactly. it really isn't. And a lot of people have kids that really shouldn't, I suppose. But, okay, they do. And so what do you go, where do you go from there? And what do you learn? And it can be the most rewarding thing in your life, though. It can, absolutely. Can't it? I mean, really. And as you watch them grow and blossom into their own individuals and giving them the freedom to be those individuals. You know, and I can remember when my kids started to express individuality in different ways. And one of them had the strangest way he wanted to dress and he wanted to slick his hair back and he wanted to go to church in these mixed match clothes. And you know what? It's not going to kill anybody. That's who you want to be. Go. Right. That's right. Absolutely. It's that's just the stage he was in. Right. Yep. Uh, wow. We got a whole lot to talk about. Again, yes, we, we, we didn't begin to scratch the surface on this. This is good stuff. Dear dear audience, you can weigh in on this during the week. If you're thinking about some of the things that we've talked about, or if you want to go back and hear this show again, 
that until the end of the month, it'll be on the Tantalk1340.com website. You just go to podcasts and go into the big list of all the shows and go to Go Yard, which is the name of this show, and you will find it. It'll open up a page, and there will be the date of this show. And you'll be able to re-listen and maybe take some notes and, and write down some questions and send them to us because we'll have another question answer show pretty soon. So you may want to be one of those that sends in a question. Dr. Angel, parting thoughts here tonight because we're out of time, girl. Well, parting thoughts. I, want, I would like our parents to just kind of look and, and see where the safety and security is in their home and what areas that they can start improving that for their children. That's great. Okay, and we are going on with some really good stuff next week, so be sure and join us and tell a friend about Go Yard. And uh, this is a joy to be able to do this show every week. We're getting very good feedback, and we want to hear from you, audience, and you can do that by sending us an email at goyard2014 at gmail.com or go to our web our web. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Go to our website, goyard2014.org, or go to Facebook, which is Facebook 1340, isn't it? Yes. Go Yard 1340. So go there. We want to hear from you. And um, we. so you want them to start thinking about the safety concerns, huh? Absolutely. All right, audience, you have an assignment. You got some homework from Dr. Angel. And so, Dr. Angel, it's always a joy to do this show with you. And next week, I can't wait because we got a lot more to talk about. I'm excited. This has been Dr. Angel and Mama Mac bringing you some words of wisdom and insight for your life. Have a great week. Good night. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. History in the making, down to the wire. I'm Barbara Kusak. More than 50 years after it was raised in protest,